0: Welcome to another edition of the What's the Snaps podcast. I am Michael Fink, along with my co-host, Michael Sussman. Suss, how are we doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, a lot of good things in the sports world right now. we got WVU football next week. The NBA bubble's crazy. Some high school football even getting underway tonight, so I'm, I'm excited.
0: As a sports fan, it is a great time to be a sports fan because, as you said, the start of college football, and we have a very important thing to share with every WVU fan that's out there, Yes. Jarrett Dagey has just been named the game one starter for West Virginia University. How do we? How do you feel about that?
1: Way to go, Neil, on this one. Jarrett Dagey was pretty noticeably better than Austin Kendall last year. Threw for over 800 yards in just four appearances. Was two and one in three starts, and really started to play a winning brand of football for West Virginia down the stretch of last season but I'm pretty much just relieved because Neil Brown would have to be absolutely insane to have even considered starting Austin Kendall so I am very grateful that he did not and the Jared Dagey era is ready to really get underway now and and I can't wait uh, how about you
0: I can't wait either and like you said I think you and I are as we are co-hosts of the show we are the co-chairman of the we hate Austin Kendall Austin Kendall fan club oh yeah we're both not, fans. not um, fans. Last year, 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. In yeah. five less games, Dagey had five less touchdowns. He threw seven touchdowns. Um, and the kid can just play. I'm really excited for Jared Dagey. I think he gives us another option that we don't have um, because I think he's a little bit more mobile than Austin Kendall. Definitely. I like the way that he moves a little bit.
1: Throws on the um, run, And too.
0: just the ball he throws is a lot prettier as well. I think... Jared Daigie throws a great ball on the run, like you were going to say, and I rudely interrupted. Um, and his movement inside the pocket is better than Austin Kendall.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. And he just seemed like a winner, too. And we, we saw it was, it was a short glimpse. You know, we, we weren't going to make a bowl game. But going on the road uh, to Kansas State and getting a win and then beating TCU, that that's huge. I mean, that that, that really shows some, some composure. And, and those are two teams that have good coaches and game plan very intelligently. So for him to be able to, to come Uh, Out of that red shirt, just firing and winning from the start uh, in the middle of a rough season was was really impressive last year. So I, I don't know what the ceiling is here for Daigie. How good do you think he can be? Well,
0: I think Daigie's got a higher ceiling than Austin Kendall. I mean, obviously, Kendall might know the offense a little bit better. He came in as the day one starter last year. But I think we can win more games with Daigie than we can with Kendall. I mean, WVU's set, and I think the plus or minus is set at four and a half to five wins for next year. And I think with Day we easily get the over. I think that's the, one of the safest bets you can make on WVU is that we're going to get more than five wins. And I think we could compete for a bowl. I, I really think that we could come out and make a bowl. I don't think it's going to be a premier bowl by any means, but I, I think we can come out and make a bowl game, and it gives us a bright spot for the future.
1: It, it does, but what worries me with WVU is the offensive line. I, I don't know. After last year, it was so bad, especially running the football. The, without a, a spring ball, or a typical off-season training program, I just don't know if that unit's going to improve enough for, for us to really make large jumps as a team. I, I could be wrong, but that's kind of where my worries lie uh, with the Mountaineers this year. Speaking on the
0: offensive line, Neil Brown did announce another starter. We have a new starting left tackle in Junior debut is I think how you say his name. Um He just, that was actually tweeted by Chris Anderson, and I saw it because I followed Michael Brown on Twitter. But this is a new left tackle, and I'm excited to see what this guy can do. Um, He's a redshirt sophomore, and he beat out redshirt freshman Brandon Yates. This is a quote um, from Neil Brown, Jr. won the left tackle spot, and he's going to be allowed to grow and mature in that role. So that's a young guy that can come in at the most important position on the offensive line at left tackle. You know, you're protecting the quarterback's blind side, Michael Orr style. Having him in there, too, is going to be a great addition to the offensive line, and hopefully that offensive line can help us run the ball because we were atrocious running the ball last year.
1: Yeah. It was bad. I, I think we we literally cannot win games if we run the ball the way we did last year. I, I just don't think it's possible. First game uh, is next weekend against Eastern Kentucky at home. Uh, no fans in the stands, not the normal hype that you would have going into a game in Morgantown. Uh, Do you see that as maybe a formula for a potential disaster uh, against what you would think would be a lesser Eastern Kentucky side?
0: I hope not. I mean, WVU, as you and I know, we go to plenty of games. It is electric there. The fans, you can feed off the fans so well, having everybody in the stadium screaming, yelling, clapping at a first down, going crazy. So I think they're going to have to funnel in a lot of crowd noise to make it seem like Uh, the stadium as usual but I I think against an eastern Kentucky team uh, I I hope we can come out there and get a win Um, I'm not looking for anything to blow them out I'm just hoping we can come out there kind of like we did with JMU we didn't blow out JMU last year um, but it was a good game to watch and it was a good start to the season and then we can start to look at the Jarrett Dagey era at WVU
1: I'm, I'm excited. We'll, we'll see. A lot, a lot of big quarterbacks to try to to try to live up to. That's a tough spot. You're, you're being compared to mm-hmm. a lot of greats when you become a West Virginia quarterback.
0: Speaking of being compared to greats, I have my hot take for the Big 12, if you want to hear it. Let's hear it. All right, my hot take for the Big 12 is Oklahoma will not win the Big 12 this year. They're the favorites. They're the 100%. Everybody is between them and the Texas Longhorns, and I don't think it's going to be either of them. Really? I hate Sam Ellinger. I might hate Sam Ellinger more than I hate Austin Kendall. Actually, I definitely hate him more than I hate Austin Kendall. So um, what was that stuff? Who you got, then? Baylor Bairds. It's a hot take. I'm the king of the hot take. I like what I'm seeing. I mean, I know they lost Denzel Mims, their leading receiver. They lost a couple guys on defense to the draft. But they're keeping, in my opinion, a Heisman dark horse. I think Charlie Brewer can come out and be a dark horse this year. He played really good football. He threw for 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. Um, he can he can run the ball, too. He's got some legs. He only rushed for 300 yards last year. Um, but I think he can come out and compete, and I, I understand they lost Matt Rule also, but I think this Baylor Bears team is going to cause some trouble in the Big 12. And if I had to put some money on somebody that isn't a favorite, it's the Baylor Bears.
1: They, they played some defense last year. I'm not going as far as you're mm-hmm. going. I'm always going to take Oklahoma, especially with Spencer Rattler coming in. It's a lot of hype. You never know until you see it in action. But they always have an extremely potent offense. So especially the way that the Big 12 has played the last few years, it's it's kind of been down. I'm, I'm going to take Oklahoma because I, I just think – they're probably going to win. They usually do, uh, but but Baylor actually played really good defense last year all season. They weren't just a, a your typical powerhouse Big Twelve team that tries to score sixty a game. So I get where you're coming from, but I I just I, I don't think I'm with you on that one.
0: Fair enough. You know, not everybody's a true believer. So <laughs> somebody's got to be right. Somebody's got to be wrong. So I guess we'll figure it out once this season gets over and we see how well the Baylor Bears play.
1: What's your prediction for WVU's record? What, what do you think it is? If you had to say it right now, what do you think it's going to be?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, like I said earlier, I think we make a bowl game. Um, how many wins did it get into a bowl game? About six. You got to get about six wins to so make it a, a, yeah. a horrible bowl.
1: Yeah, sometimes I I think give we can realistically
0: seven. get six. Hopefully, seven. That's what I'll go for. I'll, I'll go for a, a mediocre start to the Jarrett Dagey era. And uh, a bowl game for Neil Brown will be great. 100% will be great. Just in his second season as head coach, to come in there and make a bowl with a new quarterback starting the season would be great for WVU football.
1: I think the strength of our team is going to be on defense. I mean, I expect 100 percent. The stills are going to be coming out firing this year. I can't. I can't wait to see them play.
0: They are. They wreak havoc. Is, there's no other way to put it. They wreak absolute havoc. And I think our secondary is going to be better this year too. I think we're going to have a pretty good secondary this year. I have hopes.
1: I, I don't know about corner. I, I We have a lot of good players back there, some guys that played last year, some guys that didn't. I think losing Bailey and Washington is going to be a lot to make up for. But I, I feel good about us defensively, too. A lot of guys, a lot of experience on that defensive side.
0: I agree. And, I mean, once we lose these seniors, it's going to be hard. Because, like we said, we're most likely going to lose both the Stills brothers. Yeah. It's Bonamico's senior year. We have, who's that other little linebacker? I can't think of his name. Tonkri. We're going to lose Tonkri, too. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. He's a stud. But after this year, it's going to be hard for WVU defense to recover, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, definitely. But one thing I will say is that Neil Brown, he's been active on the recruiting trail. He's locked down some solid D-line commits. So hopefully the future is bright and the tradition is being built but uh what's your game day uh routine gonna be next saturday obviously can't be in the stadium uh where i know both of us would prefer to be uh what are you guys gonna have going is it gonna be nachos uh, buffalo chicken dip hot dogs hamburgers What, what do you expect the fink house to be coming out with next saturday uh for game day
0: well, my plans kind of got a little changed. We were going to go down. My brother's got an apartment in Morgantown in walking distance from the stadium. Oh, nice. So it would be great without COVID. But because there's COVID, we were just going to hang out at his house. But two of his buddies tested positive for the coronavirus. Hate to see So it. my younger brother, Morgan, is getting tested this weekend. So just to try to avoid all of that, we are probably not going to make it to Morgantown. But the game will be on TV along with we usually got a three TV setup. Oh, nice. Me and my mom, Mountaineer fans, my stepdad, big Syracuse fan, go orange. Um so we try to get a couple different games on so that we can watch everything cuz college football is the greatest sport to ever exist on the face of the planet. Oh, yeah. It really is. As much as I love baseball, college football's king.
1: It's the whole day, it's the event, it's everything.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But I I think we're definitely going to have some buffalo chicken dip. You can't watch WV without buffalo chicken dip. Um, we might attempt some homemade pepperoni rolls and just try to okay. live in the moment of West Virginia. I'm glad the Big 12 was playing football, and I couldn't be happier. Uh,
1: so now to the NBA bubble. The uh, Toronto Raptors beat the Boston Celtics 104-103 to yesterday to avoid going down 3-0 and being on the brink of elimination. A uh, heck of a game. And, Mike, how do you expect this series to, to shake out from here Um, and were you impressed by by what you saw from the Raptors last night?
0: 100%. The Raptors played great basketball. I mean, Kyle Kyle Lowry came out and had 31 points. He was just unstoppable on the floor. Um, And then that last second shot, I I don't know what it is about the bubble, but it seems to just be uh, buzzer-beater bubble season. Magic. Because there's been crazy. We had Lucas. We had um, this one by a newbie. Just dozens of buzzer-beaters going off, and this one was Drove me crazy when you see the replay because they left the guy wide open. I mean, I know he's not a premier shooter. He only had 12 points on the night. So if you're going to have anybody on the floor open, I guess it's him. But I'm a big fan on the last second play. You don't cover the guy on the inbound. You leave him open, and then you've got an extra guy to run the floor. With .5 seconds left, that's literally just a catch and shoot. Yeah. If you don't let the four guys catch the ball,
1: it's over. Yeah, that's but true. They wouldn't make it well, but I mean, don't you Go want ahead, some son. pressure on the ball, though, uh, so that they don't have as clear of, of, an, of a pass?
0: See, I like to trust my guys that they can stay in front of somebody because then, you know, everybody's going to try to screen, but you've got that fifth guy that can play help off of the screen so that nobody gets wide open.
1: Yeah, that way you kind of avoid a John Paxson or a Steve Kerr situation. Just ask the Jazz.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the Celtics played great ball, too. I need to see a little bit more on that Jason Tatum. Obviously, only had 15 points on the night. Um, But Kimba came out, and Kimba was fantastic. Drew a couple charges. Um, It looked like he was playing intramural basketball, just setting a charge every chance he could trying to get one. But my main takeaway from these games is the refs need to swallow their whistles. For the love of everything that is holy, I can't take it anymore.
1: Yeah, especially on the jump shots. It's getting a little ridiculous. Exactly. And especially, I know we're talking
0: about the Celtics-Raptors game, but we've got to go back and look at the Heat-Milwaukee game from a couple nights ago. It was ridiculous. Jimmy Butler getting fouled and ending the game on free throws. Nobody wants the game to end at the free throw line. Swallow yeah. your whistle, send it to overtime, give us free basketball.
1: Do you attribute that to, to the league wanting their stars to score as many points as possible, or, or is it just that the game's softer now? What is it? Because it's kind of been a gradual shift throughout basketball for a while.
0: I think that was a little bit of that, that call, at least. I think was a little bit of a makeup call. I hate to say it because that foul on Gorgon Drogic did he foul um I think it was Middleton shooting the three um and then Middleton missed one of the free throws that would have tied it but Gorgon Dodge was straight up in the air contested a shot beautifully and they called it a foul so I I hate to say it but I think that was a makeup call because as you and I know there's definitely makeup calls in the NBA that's the thing it happens all the time um it could be that they want their players to score more but as a league, you've got to not you you you've got to want to see overtime because overtime is where legends are made. You
1: know, you, just, you can't deny star calls in the NBA. They, they officiate no, 100% way differently for for the league's top players.
0: Mm-hmm. But again, it happened to Jimmy Butler. I don't think Jimmy Butler is he's top ten, but it's not like they made that call for Braun or KD or Kyrie. You know, it was it was Jimmy Butler who's kind of. He's, he's, I won't say an outcast because he gets thrown around the league, but...
1: He's a star, though.
0: Yeah, he is, and he, he's a good player, and he played really well in that game, but I just I hate to see it end at the free-throw mark. There's no fun. you got a guy up there who's a career 80-something free-throw shooter, and you know he's going to hit them. He hits both of them. He didn't have to shoot the second one. He just did it as kind of an FU um, to Milwaukee. But I think that's going to be the most interesting series. I think this Boston-Toronto series is going to be really good. The Eastern Conference is just... Great right now that we're in the second round because we've got actually the good teams in the Eastern Conference playing each other, mm-hmm. and we don't have the Nets in there. Even though shout out Steve uh, Steve Nash getting the job with oh, the Nets, yeah. that's awesome
1: yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: What would you think about? Um, I I like the hire. I mean, he's he's coaching some personalities, but then again, he played with some personalities. He played with my all-time least favorite player, and Amari Stoudemire. Hate that man. Really? Um, I, I I don't know why I hate him. I just hate him. He's my least favorite player of all time. If I could watch paint dry or watch Amari Stoudemire play basketball, I'm watching the paint dry. I, I, think, I, I can't do it.
1: I think He was exciting early on in his career, but he, like everybody, his career just kind of went to the Knicks to die.
0: Exactly, except for Mello. Mello made it from the Knicks and is now slim Mello, even though he's out of the playoffs. And Mello was but, still
1: mellow with the Knicks, but it, it didn't go smoothly, though.
0: No, nah, not at all. Part of it, because of Amari Stoudemire, I think he's just a cancer to the locker room, and that's what happens. I hate him, but we're over that. But <laughs> I, I love that Steve Nash got the job. Um, there's definitely some other people out there that could have taken the job or that could have been offered at Ty Lue, for example, and might have wanted to pull Mark Jackson out of the booth to come and coach. But I think Steve Nash giving him a shot, it's kind of like when they give J- Jason Kidd a shot straight out of the league. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time MVP, even though I don't think he should be. I think he stole one from Shaq and one from Kobe. Um, but that's an argument for a different day. And I, I wish him nothing but the best with the Nets, because if they don't succeed, I don't know what's going to happen. And guards make great coaches. I and mean, if we take a look at all these, Doc Rivers, guard, great coach. Mark Jackson, played point guard, great coach. And now we've got Steve Nash, Steve, great Kerr. point guard. Yeah, Steve Kerr also. Um, can go, I think Ty Lu. yeah, we got Ty Lue. Um But then you've got the GOAT, Phil Jackson. Was a big man, but still, you know, you've got a lot of great guards that can turn and coach because, you know, you're a floor general, you're running the team, you're calling plays, so a lot of it, you know, every single part of the offense, not just the part of the offense that you need to be a part of. So, but I wish him nothing but the best over there in Brooklyn because I would love to see another team in the East become a power so that the East isn't this four-horse team now because Miami's playing great but before that a three-horse team with Boston Toronto and Milwaukee
1: I think it will be the Nets are going to be full go uh, I think when when everybody's healthy um Back to the action uh, in the bubble. Let's start with, with this Raptors-Celtics series. The Raptors are, are kind of the seasoned vets, the defending champions, obviously, minus Kawhi. But they know what to do. They're they're tested. And they're playing against the Celtics, who have been on the brink. They've restructured their, their roster a couple times, but are extremely talented. Who do you like the rest of the way in this one?
0: Oh, We know that I'm on the Celtics train.
1: Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm on hard. the
0: Celtics train to the finals. I think they can do it. They've just got to get some better play down the stretch. From uh, from Tatum, he's been great right now, but 15 points ain't going to cut it against this team. You know, he had 15, Jalen Brown had 19, Kimba had 29. You know, one of those other guys, Jalen Brown or uh, Jason Tatum, need to be in the 25-point range. Um, and then what I love seeing from the Celtics is they went pretty deep in their bench. They went five guys deep in their bench when Toronto only went three. So that's some fresh legs in there um, because we did have Ennis Cantor came in and played some minutes, minutes. Um, Wanamaker, Williams, and Williams. They've got two Williamses on their bench. Um, luckily, one of them's the third, so you can tell by the Roman numerals. But I think down the stretch, they need to get a little bit better play from that bench. And one of the other two, Jason or uh, uh, Brown, Tatum or Brown, in order to do it. And then Pascal Siakam, I don't know what's going up with him. The dude's averaging about 15 points in the playoffs, and they're paying him a max deal of $200 million. He's got to step it up to prove that he's worth that max deal because can't be paying to do $200 million over a couple some odd years to be averaging 15 points a game in the playoffs. That ain't just going to work.
1: So now to the other series going on in the East. The heat up 2-0 over the Bucs. Uh, the the Bucks heavily favored by a lot of people heading into the playoffs uh, because of Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and their whole squad there. What do they have to do to turn it around?
0: I think if the Bucks want to get anything remotely started they need to just figure out how to score the ball. I think they're just having trouble scoring. I mean, Giannis is going out there and getting buckets. But it's like I've said, I think that Giannis is overrated for one. Um, and I think it's going to be hard for him to win without – I mean, he's got Chris Middleton, who's a good player, but without another great player. Uh, Richard Jefferson tweeted it the other day. We think He thinks Giannis might be more like Pippen than Jordan. Giannis might be a Robin and need a Batman, which – I hate to say, it, but I agree. I think Giannis is going to need another guy to come in there and take a lot of the brunt, scoring down the down the run. Because if you get behind, you need jump shots, you need threes. He can't do that consistently. We've seen other guys. You know, we got the Curry's, LeBron's, Kyrie, KD. They can come down and get buckets when they need it yep. in the clutch because they can shoot. And, and those and guys
1: also have more well-rounded games too. I, I especially LeBron uh, and KD mm-hmm. to an extent. They're, they're better distributors as well. I don't know if Giannis has developed. The the passing part of his game uh, enough to to be consistent in playoff basketball over seven games.
0: Exactly. I agree. And the playmaking is definitely something that they lack from because when you look at their point guards, they got Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. You don't see them as great playmakers. Yeah, they can go out and score the ball. You know, Bledsoe in the last game had 16, George Hill had 14. But you got Chris Middleton doing a lot of the distribution of the ball. Last game, he had eight assists. Um, you need somebody that's going to be able to stand at the top of the key and make decisions and not just give the ball to Giannis and get out of the way. Yeah. And the Heat, on the other hand, the Heat had amazing bench play. I mean, Gorgon Dragic came out and had 23 points, Tyler Hero 17, Kelly Olynyk 11 points because Jimmy Butler didn't have a good day. Jimmy Butler had 13, but he played some good defense. He guarded Giannis towards the end of the game, um, did a good job at it as well. And then Bam Adebayo, I think I said that right. hope I did. You got um, it. He's out there playing well, too. Fouled out towards the end of the game. But I think this Heat team is going to be a hard out for Milwaukee. If they can do it, I'll be impressed because the Heat are up two-zero. I mean, so were the Celtics last night going into it, and then the Raptors kind of figured out how to get things going. Um, my guess is Heat in six is my pick.
1: Heat in six. Wow. Eason six. How far do you think the Heat can go? Do you think they can make it all the way to the finals?
0: I think they get knocked by whatever team comes out. So, whoever wins the Celtics and Raptors series is going to go to the finals.
1: So, you don't think they have quite enough?
0: I don't think they have quite enough, no. I mean, the Celtics, I just I love them because they're loaded. I think you've got a couple different guys that can score at any time they want. If Marcus Smart gets hot, I mean, that's how they won game two. Um, obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can get hot and then Kimba and then um, not to mention they've got some big fellas that can just play defense in uh, thesis something like that Daniel thesis and uh Ennis Cantor can score not a great defender but they got some guys off the bench that can come and play big minutes down low and bang with the big fellas and now we're going to take a shift over a bit we were over a little bit we were at the east we're going to go to the west I think the western conference has ha- has shown us some of the best playoff basketball that we could have ever hoped for i mean we had two game sevens in denver utah houston okc um the maverick clippers series was a heated series to watch but a good series to watch i think if the mavericks have Chris Stapps porzingis it's a little bit different um and then we saw the lakers come out and just dominate portland and go and beat them four to one but what are your takeaways from this western conference what team were you were you surprised at anybody who made it past the first round
1: I wasn't necessarily surprised uh, by anybody that made it past the first round there's just a few teams that are just so interesting and I'll start with the clippers uh, obviously they've been favorites th- throughout but they're a team that just is kind of mind boggling to me they're so they're just kind of weird they're built to be defensively dominant um, but they yep. just have such a wide range of personalities on that team you think about Patrick beverleys he's one of the most fiery defensive players in the league. You got Lou Williams with his whole strip club drama earlier this year. Paul mm-hmm. George going through mental struggles inside of the bubble. And then Kawhi Leonard, who is just expressionless all the time. I think my favorite thing to observe has just been the L.A. Clipper drama train that's been going on throughout this bubble. Um, amid that, they've played some pretty good basketball. Obviously, you got the Lakers, too. They've just snapped right into right into their rhythm. So I haven't seen too many surprises from the Western Conference. Obviously, the Blazers were a fun team to watch early on. Uh, but even more so than ever, I'm just excited for this All-L.A. Western Conference Finals that I at least expect, but who knows? we got a long way to go to get there.
0: Now, i got to ask you this question about the Clippers because you were talking about their personalities. Yep. Do you think... Montrez Harrell was trying to hurt Luka Doncic. In one game he went and he had just he stepped on that bad ankle, and in the other game he had that rough foul from behind where he ends up basically punching Luka in the face. Do you think he was just tired of getting beat by, to quote him, a B-word, A-word white boy? Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say maybe trying to hurt uh, would be kind of strong for that. Um, maybe he just wanted him to feel him a little bit. I think he wanted to let him know he was there. I wouldn't say trying to hurt him, though. Maybe it was not. Maybe.
0: I don't know. It looked a little malicious to me, but then again, I'm going to take Lucas' side. I'm a Mavericks fan. Um,
1: it's playoff basketball.
0: So, exactly. It's playoff basketball. It's going to be a little hard-nosed. So, But what do you think can happen? You were talking about the Lakers, too. This is going to be, I think, the biggest stomping of the playoffs is the Lakers against the Rockets.
1: That's interesting, though. I I wouldn't go that far just because of Houston's ability to get up and down with with Russ Westbrook and James Harden. They can really be effective in transition. I I don't see a stomping. I I think it's going to be very open. I I think if the Rockets make shots, they'll be in it. If if they don't, they won't. That's pretty much how they play. I think they're going to get open threes. It's just a question Mm -hmm. of if they knock them
0: down. They shoot themselves in and out of games all the time. I also think the Lakers are going to be playing a little bit harder because I don't know if you saw Jay Williams' tweet um, about LeBron James. Did you see it?
1: I, I didn't see it. What did what did it say?
0: We were that they were talking. I say we like I was in the conversation. Jay Williams responded to Richard Jefferson, who was talking about Giannis as a more of a Pippin than a Jordan, and Jay Williams had the audacity, nay the nerve, <laughs> to speak such blasphemy and say that LeBron James was a Robin. Before he went to Miami to be Robin to d wades Batman,
1: that's just false. That's not how any of it happened.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I, I've never heard anything so ridiculous in my entire life. Because <laughs> LeBron James is the ultimate Batman. I think he's more Batman than Michael Jordan at sometimes.
1: I think the forty-five against the forty-five point performance in the Boston Garden against the Celtics on the way to his first championship would just disprove all of that because that was kind of his coming-of-age moment where he not only became the Batman of that team, well, he already was the Batman of that team, but he became the Batman of the entire league. So, yeah, no, that is blasphemy from Jay Williams because he's he's been the man for a very, very long time throughout the entire National Basketball Association. so. No, that, that's definitely a joke, he, and he's got three titles already. You can't compare him yet to Giannis, even though people definitely do. I don't think Giannis will be more of a Robin. I think he would be a good complement to uh, another star that had, had a good outside mm-hmm. shot. He can develop those areas of his game, though. Uh, but, no, Jay Williams definitely off on that one.
0: Let me hear your opinion on this. There's talks, I've, I've heard it through the grapevine, um, that if Giannis loses this series to the Heat, I've heard talks of him going to Golden State, which I would despise. I think that would be a weaker move than when KD went to Golden State. But I've heard talks of him joining Jimmy Butler with the Miami Heat. What's your thought on that?
1: I'm going to watch the NBA either way. It's the way of the world these days. People just team up to win titles. I, I would hate it, though. I would hate it because his team in Milwaukee is good enough to get him close. He'll be a game away from making it this year. So I, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of it because I think he has the tools around him now to – to if he performs with the game on the line in big moments, in big situations, they will advance and he can win a title in Milwaukee. So I'm not a fan of it. I think it's an uncompetitive mindset to want to team up with other people in the league that are supposed to be your competitors. But I'm going to watch it either way. I, 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 hopefully he stays, though. Hope, I want to see him do it in Milwaukee uh, and stay there.
0: Me too, but who knows? Maybe he'll take the LeBron James approach and go join a guy at the Heat win a couple titles, go back to Milwaukee, and then be the savior and bring a title to Milwaukee. Who knows? It, it just might be, you know, full circle. It, it'll be like a Christopher Nolan movie. We'll have no clue what's going on until it happens. How many games do you think this Clippers-Nuggets series goes to? Because I think it's a seven-game series. I think the Nuggets are going to give the Clippers a little bit of trouble.
1: Uh, they definitely have the ability to with their their inside-out threat of Jamal Murray and, and uh, Jokic. That's, that's a tough combo. The Clippers' depth defensively will wear on the Nuggets, and Kawhi will do what Kawhi does and just start dominating.
0: 100%. I I couldn't agree more. And I'm leaning towards you. I think it's going to be an L.A., L.A. Western Conference final. I mean, I think that's what everybody wanted from the minute Kawhi Leonard and Paul George ended up on the Clippers, was they wanted them to face off against LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the Western Conference final. And I think that's just a picturesque kind of way – to end the West you know you've got LeBron going up against the next best player in the West in my opinion I think they're one and two in the West and LeBron and Kawhi and they get to finally go at it can't wait I can't wait either now I I want to take a little bit of a transition here if you don't mind we were talking about the bubble so I listed my five favorite things that have happened since the bubble and you have too haven't you
1: yeah yeah i I have uh you okay let's hear yours
0: all right you you want me to go my five to one first then we'll go your five to one sure all right so my number five favorite thing that happened in the bubble was pat mcafee being kicked off the digital fan board
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: when he got kicked off for being shirtless that was hilarious if you haven't seen it go check out pat mcafee's youtube channel and watch that video. He went in, so it was. If you can guess which fan Pat McAfee is, you won something. And he got hot in the clothes he was wearing, so he took his shirt off and bam, they kicked him right off there. Um, my number four is fishing. Seeing all the videos of those guys fishing, or fishing, or really any extracurricular activity, because Max Kleber and Darren Powell of the Mavericks decided to be DJs. So they just set up DJ equipment in their room and would DJ out the window. So extracurriculars is my number four. Um, number three is J.J. Reddick and Myers Leonard shotgunning beer and having a beer a, sh- a shotgunning competition. I, I Myers, like that Myers Leonard. Sorry, Seth, go ahead.
1: I, I like that one, too, because it, it kind of just showed that, hey, these guys are in the bubble. It's it's a scary circumstance, but it just kind of showed everyone, you know, they're, they're not that bad. They're just chilling out. They're by the pool. They're drinking beer. It's it's exactly. at Disney World. So I, I, I enjoyed that one also.
0: Well, and they're all friends, too. Like, these guys are competitors on the court. But once they step off the court, for the most part, in the NBA today, everybody's friends. You know, you wouldn't see Jordan and Barkley out there shotgunning beers if we were in a hypothetical 1998 NBA bubble like that.
1: Yeah, maybe after the season, but probably not during the playoffs. No, not at
0: all. Um, Number two is Rashawn Holmes, the player from the Sacramento Kings, having to be quarantined because he left the bubble for snacks.
1: That was bad like like the first that day That was bad. It was like 2 days and, into it also. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. And what he went to go get was apparently the
0: feature food of the bubble because he went to go get chicken wings. And leading us in with the number 1 favorite thing that happened in the bubble yeah. was Lou Williams having to be quarantined because he went to a strip club to get chicken wings.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a classic. It'll it'll take him a while to live that one down.
0: Oh, it's, it's amazing. It is. It might be my favorite sports thing that's happened this year because that's ridiculous and Le- amazing at the same time. I love it.
1: Lemon pepper. Probably, Those wings, if you haven't really seen a picture really of them, sound- you need
0: to look at the Magic City kitchen. They look amazing.
1: I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. All right, let me hear your list. All right, number five, I'm just going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they came in, they went undefeated. We kind of we were introduced to some players, and we we found out what Devin Booker is capable of uh, for the for the rest of his career. So that was exciting, just to watch that young Suns team. It'll be interesting to see if they can return to a, a similar form uh, when it gets back to kind of a normal season, w- whenever that's going to be. Um, number four for me, uh, I'm just going to say Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard. Yeah. Just in general, Dame time, it was unbelievable. That, that man absolutely put on a show. And then number three, you, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I thought it was just kind of funny. I thought the Internet had, kind of had a good time with it, and there's probably a serious layer to it as well. But I thought the the B.A. white boy um, comment by Montrose mm-hmm. Harrell, I, I thought it was funny. Um, uh, kind of a glimpse into the trash talk on, that, that goes on in a playoff game. Um, 100%. Then- at number two for me, um, I'm going to have to go with, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Lemon Pepper Lou, uh, number two as well. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go with playoff P, number one, just the entire drama oh that my has God. surrounded uh, Paul George this, this entire time. Well, I don't, who, what do you think has been going through his head on a daily basis?
0: And I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that I'm happy that he could, he's happy that he could probably bring a guest now that he's round two. Because I think not having a certain guest there is the reason that he was not himself, if I had to guess. So I have two more things I want to bring up to you and see your opinion. Okay. One, how do you feel about Zion Williamson only receiving one vote for Rookie of the Year?
1: I'm okay with it. He wasn't available.
0: Yep. I agree. And I think, job, I mean, it's, it's been my take since they were being drafted, that I think John Morant's going to be a better NBA player than Zion Williamson. I think he's got more tools that are going to make him a little better. He's got a better NBA body. And we saw what he did with left. He had Memphis, and most people can't name another player on Memphis besides John Morant. And Zion had Alonzo Ball, Mr. Reality TV, the most improved player in Brandon Ingram. And
1: come on. I mean, he, 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 he couldn't the, get him to the playoffs. With that. Lakers, I mean, I
0: understand though. he had to leave the bubble, but
1: he had the failed Lakers, though. Like he, he had the, the, the Laker team that didn't hang around long enough to to play with LeBron and AD. I, I, I how much how good are they really, though?
0: I mean, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. I can't say anybody's name today. Good lord, has been compared to Kevin Durant. I mean, they say that he's like Kevin Durant in the way that he can just move and score the basketball. And then Lonzo Ball. I think if you give him a Scenario to succeed he has the ability to be a borderline all-star caliber player i think he's got a lot more talent on that team than people let on just because people say like you said they were the failed lakers that couldn't play with lebron
1: back to zion i think zion's going to be as good as he wants to be i think long term he he has the potential to be better than Ja and probably will be but his weight was an issue. I mean, at that size that he's playing at, if he shows up looking a little husky, it's just going to be hard to stay healthy. And then it's just kind of an ongoing cycle of not playing, not staying in shape, getting hurt. It's going to be up to him how good he's going to be.
0: 100%. I agree. And then here's the other thing I want to bring up to you. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it's, more, it's a little bit of a conspiracy theory. And it's obviously not true because the Houston Rockets won. It was a Houston Rockets-based conspiracy theory, and it was about the revenue that would be lost if they won because you can't watch the Houston Rockets in China. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Didn't know that. Oh, because of the Daryl Morey situation?
0: Yep, because of Daryl Morey. You cannot watch the Houston Rockets in China. Wow. So I was concerned before the game happened that, you know, a couple bad calls would go OKC's way. OKC (laughs) would then get to win, and then you got to see LeBron in China, which you're going to lose a lot of money if you can't watch LeBron in China. I'm a big conspiracy theory guy, so that one definitely tickles my fancy to say. Um, I'm glad it's not true that the NBA didn't rig it so that OKC would win, and we got hopefully a real winner. Um, There's not some magical puppet master pulling strings behind.
1: Yeah, but what if the Rockets make it to the finals and they can't play the NBA finals in China? I don't think it's over.
0: I don't know. Well, I, I think the Rockets making it to the finals is a schizophrenic person's fever dream. Because there's no way it could happen, I <laughs> I would bet my house that they don't. Because okay. I think they can't beat the Lakers, let alone the Clippers.
1: Defensively, they're they're missing a lot. I I think that's what makes it hard for them. They, they're so, their up and down small ball game is just so streaky.
0: Could you imagine if so? Imagine this 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 Rockets team is not playing this Lakers team. They're playing the 2001 Lakers with Shaquille O'Neal. How many points does Shaq get with PJ Tucker Gardner?
1: Fifty.
0: See, I I think he's breaking the playoff scoring record. I think I think Shaq is realistically scoring seventy some points.
1: He he could do it. He could do it because yeah, you, Actually, you have yeah, to match. I, I can't
0: up. say that because Kobe's on that team, so Kobe's not going to let him have that many shots.
1: Thirty five, but he could get fifty if he wanted to, or if Kobe wanted to.
0: Easy. And Shaq's going to have seventy. He's going to have forty some rebounds. But it's going to be the same thing with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is going to be able to get essentially whatever he wants unless. They have somebody a little bit bigger than P.J. Tucker to bang with. So if you guys are not following us on Twitter, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Our name is we are at What's the Snaps. Be sure to give us a follow. And we are starting a official What's the Snaps Fantasy Football League. And we're going to do some fun stuff on Twitter with Fantasy Football. We might do some owner profiles. We're trying to find something fun for the loser. So if you're listening and you have anything fun that you think the loser of the What's the Snaps Fantasy Football League should do, send us a DM. Tweet tweet at us. We don't care. Just give us a follow and let us know what we should do for a punishment for our fantasy football loser.
1: Do it. I can't wait. I'm probably going to be 0-3 week three, but I, I'm coming out firing. I'm confident right now because the season hasn't started yet.
0: Me too. And let us know. We're going to put out all the team names and we'll do a poll on which team name is the best. I guarantee you it's going to be me. I'm very creative with my team name. Uh, last year I was Team Fatty Mahomes. Year nice. before that I was Back to the Future.
1: <laughs> so we'll
0: see, we'll see what happens. But anyway, thanks again for watching, uh, for listening, not watching. I mean, I hope you're not watching so this. that'd be a little creepy. But listening to another episode of the What's the Snaps podcast.